Hi, this is Naomi Ortiz. You're listening to the Kansas City Social Hour. And we are live. It's the Kansas City Social Hour. This is Ruben Ortiz. I'm here with my man, Josh Thomas, in the house. What's up? Representing, man. And we don't have Corey here today, man. Corey bitched out last minute. <laughs> and he also cost me some, uh, what was it, s'mores? S'more money, s'more problems. S'more money, more problems, bro. And I could have <laughs> put that on the break. Instead, I got some ghetto boys going, uh. Me and ghetto boys are trick-or-treating. Robbing little kids for bags. Telling no man got behind up. He stood about six or seven feet. Now that's what I'll be seeing in my sleep. <laughs> happy, uh, it's about that time. I could say happy Halloween, man. Fuck it. More or less. Happy weeks. Halloween. Super pumped to have Josh here with us, man. We've been kicking it for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Before we got to the podcast, we could have had two podcasts done by now. But that's what I uh, enjoy. Uh, we're doing it mid-afternoon this time. We usually do it in the evening. And I'm super glad that we decided to do that because we got to hang out a lot more and just messing around, playing with my uh, remote control car that I got. Setting shit on fire. Setting stuff on fire. Nice weather. Well, props to Tipsies, man. Tipsies in mission for hooking me up with that radio control car, man. I really appreciate it. I tricked it out, made it into a Royals mobile. I think it's dope. And uh, props to my man, Josh, for bringing me a speed glue uh tulip glass is are those new bro i think i haven't seen kind of the in between size tulips. i haven't seen them either but um i it's just some four pack special or something i've got have you got one of the wheat glass ones uh no Speed but i saw wheat. i saw a wheat a wheat wit beer little they're set. like giant man yeah, those do, yeah. Out and shit. but yeah my favorite glass uh the go-to glass for me that is uh, like a catch-all for all uh bruises the the tulip glass, so I'm super pumped to have now a speed glue tulip, which I don't have. I have the stout glass, I have the IPA glass. Nice. I have cool. a wheat one. I never had the tulip, man. There you go. And uh Corey was gonna have one, but <laughs> now I have two, bitch. <laughs> what? Now your daughter's got one for her milk. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that'll be waiting for you when you decide to come show up for work, motherfucker. This work. <laughs> so uh yeah, that was uh the ghetto boys. Um Mind playing tricks on me. And the reason why I played that is uh, last week we had talked a little bit about uh, this rapper named Shorty Shitstain. And uh, I was thinking about what happened to Shorty Shitstain. It might be a segment that we do from you. But then today I was thinking about Bushwick Bill. Now Bushwick Bill was a rapper from the Ghetto Boys. And Josh and I had talked extensively about some rap music earlier. So we've already went over this. But basically Bushwick Bill... I was, uh, we might do a segment on where's that rapper now? Well, where's Bushwick Bill? And basically all it entails is me typing in the rapper's name and then seeing what's the latest news, <laughs> news story on Bushwick Bill. And Bushwick Bill was a rapper from the Ghetto Boys out of Houston, Texas. And by the way, if you're listening to the podcast because of beer stuff, Josh has, he's from KC Beer Club. He's been in the beer uh, realm here in Kansas City and most of you guys that have been in that realm know that uh, Josh is uh, is big in the beer game, and we're definitely going to get to beer news and 
and see what he's got going on beer wise. But I digress. I'm just talking a little bit of shit uh, about uh, the Ghetto Boys right now because we talked about that earlier while we were sitting next to the fire burning shit. <laughs> and uh, so Bushwick Bill is the latest news behind Bushwick Bill is he's going to come out with a documentary. And uh, it looks pretty good, man. I thought, I thought it looked super interesting. He is a little person or midget, whatever. I don't think midget's politically correct anymore. Is it, Josh? <laughs> no, I think it's uh, little people is what they prefer. Oh, so he's a little people. <laughs> I think Bushwick wouldn't give a fuck, though. Bushwick's in the camp. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't want you to call him a little person. He's OG. <laughs> um. He got shot in the eye by his girlfriend. Uh, infamously, they posted him in the hospital on a gurney with Scarface and Willie D. The other two members of Scarface, uh, the album went on to be a mega seller. They made tons of money. He's in dispute with them now over how much money they actually made. And the documentary covers all of this. And it's scheduled to come out in 2015. So I did a little search, found that Bushwick Bill is going to be in a documentary. And the shit looks pretty cool, man. So... Definitely check out Bushwick Bill or your mind is playing tricks on you, player. So is he disputing this against Willie D also? or Well, you know, uh, the two big players in it was Rap-A-Lot Records. And so the head of Rap-A-Lot Records, what was his name? Sir uh, Rap-A-Lot, right? No, no, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... No, it was Rap-A-Lot Records, and there was a head guy. He's a CEO. He hired Scarface. Scarface got the most money. He was recently arrested, too, after the BET Awards. Scarface got a I Am Hip Hop Award at the BET Awards. I recently read this, too. And he was uh, he's also one of the members of the Ghetto Boys. He was arrested for delayed child support payments. <laughs> so he gets this Lifetime Achievement Award, basically a Hip Hop Lifetime Achievement Award at BET. The police know he's going to be there. And arrest him at the show. That's horrible, man. He's like, which, ah, which kid was this for? A player can't win. <laughs> you can't win. You can't win. <laughs> so Scarface, that's it's a just like all hip hop stories, it's a complicated story. But he, I didn't know that he was in dispute with the Ghetto Boys. It just during the trailer mentions that he didn't make the money that he thought he should make. So yeah, and that's a probably a common story in hip hop sure. too, right? All music. Yeah, all music. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, and uh, kind of timely. The the uh, NWA story is big right now, and you know the Ghetto Boys were like the ghetto version of the NWA. <laughs> so at the time the NWA was blowing up, they went a step further and were a little bit even more raunchier. If you if you guys think that the NWA is edgy, the Ghetto Boys are in the gutter. These guys are off the charts, and it, it was the group, my group of choice in the '90s when I was in, uh, in high school and listening to all these gangster raps. I was really into the Ghetto Boys. So yeah, I listened to a lot of them too. Uh, it says here about.com ranked them number ten on the list of the best twenty-five rap groups of all time. Wow, that's southern really rap crazy. pioneers who paved the way for future southern hip hop acts. Yeah, and all of Southern, if you're listening, and right now, the biggest form of hip-hop there is, from my understanding, the twang and the slang that they're kicking is very Southern in style, and that was all derived from pioneers who were the ghetto boys. They spawned this, you know, it was talking a really dark side. I mean, you could think if if L.A. had 
spawned the Bloods and the Crips and NWA. What was going on in the dirty South, man? With dudes like pimps like Willie D, drug dealers that called themselves Scarface, and spawning this little crazed midget Bushwick Bill. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to see that documentary. I think it's going to be pretty cool, but there you go. I Again, I digress. And uh, right now, we're going to talk a little bit with my boy, Josh Thomas. What are some of the beers that we were drinking, man? Uh, we had from No Label Brewing. Uh, you said that's out of Texas, is that right? Yeah, it was a, it's a Texas beer. With Hatch Chilies, What the Hatch. Uh, what, like 60 pounds of Hatch Chilies? Fresh in? and roasted green chilies. 30 pounds fresh, 30 pounds roasted green chili in the brew. And they made an ale from it. They took their their uh, flagship pale ale and added these chilies to it. It was tasty. It just needed some more heat. It had no heat. heat. Zero yeah. heat. Uh, this is typical of Texas uh, to get a New Mexico. New Mexico should have been all over this. There's a lot of New Mexico breweries. I have yet to see uh, chili beer coming out of there. And Texas beat you to the punch, man. <laughs> Texas, boy. And you know what? It was a really tasty beer. I really dug it. Thanks to uh, Texas Ed for hooking us up with that, man. I really appreciate that beer. It was really good. Again, uh, just lacking heat. If it had any trace amount of heat, um, I would have thought it would have. It was delicious beer, but it would have sent it off the charts with some heat, man. Yeah. And that's what you expect from a chili beer. At least I would. Yeah, you definitely need some heat in it for sure. But then some people would have hated it for that too, man. So that's kind of weird. Smelled really good. It had this uh, what kind of smell did I think? Oh, it kind of had like for me a maple smell to it when I pulled it out. It was some of the sweetness. I think sometimes chili can have some in the skin when it's uh, a little residual sweetness to it. And that came out in the nose. It kind of smelled mapley, uh, really um, amber in color. Uh, it wasn't a real clear lagery type of beer, but uh, tasting it was really good. Pale ale on that style. Yeah, it was good, man. And then uh, we moved on to some awesome beers that Josh brought. Uh, we had Lakefront Brewing, which I believe may be coming here because I think Fuel Cafe is by Lakefront Brewing from Milwaukee. Um, Super good, man. Yeah, so hopefully this one comes. This is Imperial Pumpkin that we had. It's uh was aged in brandy barrels with vanilla, and it is an outstanding pumpkin beer. It's one of my favorites. Man, that shit is super good. It it uh drinks. It's got a well, not too high of ABV. It was like nine five, which mm-hmm. is you know pretty high, but not you know it tasted like it could be a little higher because it does have a real brandy flavor to it, and it's a sipper, man. And we. Ate, uh, drank that with some pumpkin pie. We ate actual pumpkin pie with it, and it. it how do you think that was a good pairing with it? Yeah, I thought it paired real well. I mean, because it was it a little did. sweet with the pumpkin pie and the brandy and vanilla was nice, tasty little heat in there. Boom! There's something else you missed, Corey. No pumpkin pie for you. <laughs> and uh, it was like sipping brandy with a nice pumpkin pie. It's super delicious, man. It was really good, and so. Man, that was another good one that we had, and then we moved on to a sour. We had an 18th Street Barrel Age, their sour series, sour note series. Um, it's a Flanders um, Barrel Aged in French Oak awesome. Chardonnay barrels, I believe. Um, but you could like taste that French 
that Chardonnay on the back end. It was just like you were drinking beer, sour, and then it went down with that kind of a wine aftertaste. Yeah, which it did. Worked out well. It was a really good beer, man. I really enjoyed that one. And um, that was a brewery. I like only. Flanders. That style is really good, and that was an excellent example of one with the slight, you know. It differentiated itself for sure. Yeah, I would be interested in trying the regular non-BA version of that and see how it uh, compared. One thing I don't like about the Flanders that I used to is the the balsamic vinaigrette type sourness on it. That kind of... uh, I used to like that a lot. Like the... uh, What is that? The Burgess... Duchess de Bourguin. I've never had that one either. And it's got a kind of a... Really, after a while, it tastes kind of uh, balsamic vinaigrette slash bile, you know, kind of oh, sour. Oh, gosh, uh, just yeah. like You don't want to be tasting that at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what do you think of the, the, the Monk's, that Flanders? Oh, that's a good one, yeah. that's Monk's good. Cafe, is that what it is? Yeah, I think it is Monk's Cafe. I like that one. I dig that one a lot, man. But uh, in the wild sour version of the Flanders is good. You like that one, the... Uh, the one that comes the in the can? cans? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, that one's really good. So, yeah, just some different variations in that style. But as you can tell, we're we're drinking well right now. And I busted out with a 2013 Imperial Biscotti break, which is funny because the last time we were here, Josh bought over a, a Biscotti break. And so for the last two times that we've done the podcast... We've drank biscotti break, so it's fitting it was that we do. I the same year too. I think. Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> Every time we do a podcast, it's bust out a biscotti break, man. <laughs> there you go. So this is age twenty thirteen. Uh, we were noting that it's it may have mellowed a little too much, which is weird because I did have it in the refrigerator, but you could still get a lot of coffee notes from it, and it's still good. It's just. Um, I think you could take the word imperial off the front of it now. I think I dropped yeah, it I from the imperial category by aging it so long. There is a barrel-aged version of this one, too, that's really hard to get. Oh, man. I, I bet you that's delicious. get one. It was outstanding. Best thing by Evil Twin I've ever had. It was it was awesome beer. Uh, yeah, there was a barrel-aged. They come out, I think, once a year, and Kansas City might see maybe a two, three cases of it. It's It's really rare. Man, that sounds awesome, man. Um, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and get into the beer news. We need you to be serious for a moment. And now, brought to you in part by the KC Social Hour, this is the beer news. Beer news, beer news, beer news. That's right, this is the beer news with Josh Thomas. So, Josh, what do you want to what do you got going on, man? Beer well, wise. you know, I was talking to Brent at the Screenland and uh he'd let me in on a special event they've got coming up and so this is the first time you're gonna be hearing about this right now. Boom. Uh they've got a tall grass tasting event going on, and this is going to happen on Monday, November second. That would be uh Monday after Halloween, and uh, it's going to be in the evening. I'm not sure exactly what time. I'd imagine around 6 or 7. Um, so he's going to have a link up for tickets that should be pretty close to the link for this podcast. So you'll be able to find those on uh, KC, the Beer Tasting Kansas City. Also, um, what they're going to have there is Bourbon Baron 
bourbon barrel vanilla buffalo with cinnamon and they're going to be the first place in the city to have tappings with that um, they're going to have the bourbon barrel regular buffalo wooden rooster big rick and a lot of the other tall grass uh, along Man. with yep keep the glass owner reps doing q a so it's going to be a pretty awesome event and uh, again that's monday november 2nd grant man what's up bro um i unfortunately will not be able to attend and neither will Corey because but damn it that sounds like an awesome event man not that anyone cares but i'm just for myself personally damn you know what I mean? That sounds awesome, man. That sounds like it's going to be pretty cool, man. You guys are traveling, right? What was that? Yeah. What was the, uh, what was it again? The, 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 bur- the barrel aged one? Uh, the special one is the bourbon barrel vanilla buffalo. With oh, cinnamon. they're going to be coming out with that. That's going to be in their, the series, the series that, uh, Tallgrass has coming out. And so that one should be dropping soon. The latest in that series is the, Big Rick, which if you haven't tried that, man, tremendous. Yeah, it's a great beer. It's a lot like the uh, Breakfast Stout by Founders. Yeah, it is very similar. More Higher ABV. And um, Hicks uh, pointed out that the body was a little bit different also. And slight variation in the carbonation, but very comparable. If you like one, you definitely like the other. And I've heard people say that they like one over the other, and that's fine. You know, beer is subjective, but just that it's in that category of such a, you know, staple, fantastic beer that a lot of us get on a yearly basis. Now we can add definitely Big Rick to that list of beers that you have to have if they, you know, annually release it, which they should because it's a fantastic beer and it's such a robust, huge coffee beer that. It's something that as soon as I run out, I think I've had enough. And then I'll think about it and I'll be like, God damn it, I gotta go get some more Big Rick. So I have a few more cans left and pretty soon I think I'll be hitting the store, but not for very long because it's flying off the shelves. And I've been seeing more people on BTK, BTKC and uh, other places posting that um, they're drinking that beer. So, yeah, it's for gonna sure. Go fast uh, word of mouth is gonna make that. Fly off the shelves. I'm worried myself if it's going to be around, you know, very long or. I don't think so, man. I think it's going. I've been seeing it gaining momentum. We advertised the shit out of it because we thought it was going to be a big release. Uh, Grant came on the podcast and gave us cans before the release, and we tasted and we're blown away. You know, and we're not the type of dudes to just say some shit's good unless we really enjoy it. You know. And um, that was, the, it, we weren't we weren't blowing smoke, man. We were blown away by how well, and then we got the backstory of how long that beer had been in development, and they weren't screwing around when they decided to come out with a beer like that. And I like big beers like that. You know, you're going over 10%, and you got that big coffee flavor, and it's in a can. I mean, God, yeah. it's pretty cool, man. Yep. Yeah, canned beers have definitely stepped up the game, and a lot of people are still worried about the metallic taste but none of that yeah i heard a little bit of that some people saying that it's gone it's extinct the cans the the process they use now inside is totally different you're not going to taste any metal or any remnants of metallic taste at all cans are actually a lot fresher and i prefer them these days and 
I wasn't in that camp a couple years ago, but uh, recently, what came out in a can that had some people pissed off? Uh, well, Hop, it's gonna be Hop Slam for next year. Hop right? Slam, uh, Two Hearted Ale just came out in cans recently. Which I is saw way that. Fresher, I mean, that's cool, man. You get that's a good thing, man. You're getting mm-hmm. stuff in cans and. But uh, and Tallgrass was uh, uh, ahead of the game in that they were been canning their stuff, you know, initially right, you know, pretty early on. So there were all cans, and to get a, a big imperial stout like Big Rick in a can is, you know, at this point still somewhat of a novelty. And man, it was incredible beer. Yeah, I think I kind of want one right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was hoping they'd be in the taller cans, but yeah. They are high ABV, and I'm, you know, they're more expensive to produce, so I can understand them being the shorter cans. Um, and still priced okay. They're not, you know, sure. you're not paying ten fifty prices. <laughs> yeah, that is a little expensive on ten fifty. I think. I, yeah, and it's a good beer. It is, but I'd rather have uh, the the uh, Big Rick. Well, is there is there six packs of ten fifty though? Are they sixes? It's. It is a or six, I believe. Oh, well, then, yeah. Then six they're for in 15 price. or $16. Wow. So. Gosh, it's tough to do that, though, huh? Tough to part with 14 bills. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, if you think for about me, it, anyways. I guess it is like two good bombers, <laughs> so $8 bombers. I mean, it's not horrible. It's just uh, unexpected, I guess, when you're buying other Sixers left and right at 10 bucks to throw out 16 on one. So Yeah, that's but right, if you break man. it down by, you know, the cost of... You could get a good bomber for eight bucks. There's two of them, so sixteen bucks. So it kind of equals the same way. So what location is the thing at? Which one of their locations? Uh, this is going to be at. I believe this is going to be at Tapcade. Is it at Tapcade? Um, I believe so. Um, I'm, I know that you'll find the information on BTKC's site. Any idea the cost on this? Haven't got that information yet, but he'll okay. have those tickets up, and it probably won't be very expensive. I know they had the uh, Sierra Nevada event not too long ago that everybody keeps raving about, and uh, they're going to bring in a lot more type of these events in the future. So um, they're doing a lot of great things in Kansas City. They're really stepping up, and they're going to be the pioneers soon on the KC beer scene, if, if they're not really considered that already. Which which they should be, man. Those uh, guys are all, you know, and I haven't, and we've talked about this. We need to collaborate more on something with those guys i know we've went to a couple of events but definitely i think you know like you said they're really cool guys and you know them very well what what type of shit are they on josh <laughs> i i met him uh i'd say i've known him for since last well about a year and a half almost two years now um i went up there and we did a little uh tasting with a few friends and just kind of uh, you know, sat there and shot the shit and talked to them, and they're very cool dudes, man. They got their heads on. They're not uh, douchey or, um, you know, they're doing some good stuff, and they're not, uh, they're real humble about everything. Uh, they take it on stride. Um, Adam's a very smart guy. He's and there's a lot of film things. He's always recommending good films that I always enjoy when I see him. And uh, Brent's a cool guy. He doesn't talk as much. He kind of <laughs> just is, uh, is there for the ride, I guess, but... Uh, you know, they're both doing a good thing out there, and uh, they're good guys. They're passionate about beer. They're always bringing in new stuff. They're working a lot with uh, Forehands out of St. Louis, and I know they got some stuff coming up in the works soon. Um, next year, they can't really elaborate on, 
but I'm sure we're going to be seeing some some more locations and places open up that have uh, something to do with these guys. So wow, man, how yeah. exciting, man! It's cool, it's... and they're only like 27 years old. I mean, they're really young. I mean, fucking bastards! Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, already owning cool ass bars and arcades and shit. Right yeah. on, man. But it's play on players. Not everybody has to be that way. I mean, you know, with some of these industries and some of these games, I mean, I'm not going to say names, but there's people at Boulevard <laughs> that <laughs> represent and kind of talk a lot. But, I mean, these guys are cool. I mean, they don't, you know, say, our, you know, talk too much of shit. They're just out there doing it and uh, real humble about it. That's what, one big thing I appreciate. And I think that's why they succeed is because, you know, they're not douchey and, uh, they're doing the right thing and acting the right way about it. So, nah, they're a bunch of fucking assholes. Man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and uh, yeah, fully support these guys when they throw. I mean, it takes a lot to come up with these ideas. There's a lot. This is what makes Kansas City cool. We've got a lot of cool shit going on. We got guys like Josh Thomas on the scene. You know, it. It. We have this robust badass beer community, and there's some cool personalities within that community. Josh is definitely one of them. The owners of Tapcade and Screenland are part of that. You know, dudes at Cinderblock, dudes, you know, at at uh, the various breweries, guys like Charles running these groups. It's it's just awesome. Like next week we have a huge event that I will be participating in and hopefully Josh is going to be there. Hopefully bitch ass Corey won't bitch out again and <laughs> have an excuse with his wife that why he can't attend shit. But you're on notice, bro. I'm thinking Josh is going to start being the host from now on, a co-host, me and him. We can we can handle it from here, dude. You just stay <laughs> home, man. <laughs> yeah, like you said, uh, a week from today, next Sunday, we're going to watch the Chiefs Hopefully not drop another game and fall to one and five, but they're playing the Steelers. It's going to be Michael Vick, so uh, it'll be a good one. Uh, tailgate out there, I believe around eleven or so. I'm sure people will get out there soon. We got to get there early, bro. We okay, got to stake our stake our claim, man. It'll be a good time. I saw the Royals when, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get off work for that one, and I regret it. Uh, it's one of the events I definitely oh. regret. It. It looked awesome, and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna be gonna bust out with now. the remote control Royals car. Royals, <laughs> man, Royals are on fire, oh, bro. Oh yeah, man, they, the whole city is just behind Fucking them. It's great. It. I mean, honestly, last Monday, I was actually off work and checking the game out, and they were behind six to two, and it was just like, come on, it's over. We just our offense hasn't looked great. All of a sudden, it was just like they went from being buried alive, and they just woke up, and it was just like. Boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, they tie the Astros, went ahead, and we end up winning that game, come home and smash them in game five, and then we get the first two from Toronto. I mean, we're on fire. I, I honestly think that we'll definitely be seeing the Royals in the World Series this year. I'd be really surprised if Toronto could take four out of the next five games. That's what it yeah, would take. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough. And the thing is that what strikes me about the whole scenario is – I, and I told Mary, the, uh, my, my wife, I told her, I said, uh, there's, and, and I even underestimated it, but I, when the Royals sucked and they started getting kind of good, I told Mary, I go, there's nothing like a series between two cities. And I had forgotten how cool that actually is. And it's different from any other sport. It's fucking nerve wracking. You worry about it the whole day. Part of the promo music that they play during these games is pressure coming down on me. They play that shit. 
And it's totally fitting because it's not like football where, you know, every play is like, boom, you're seeing you know, a baseball is they're they're chewing on fucking bubble gum and spitting and flower seeds for a fucking reason because this shit is nerve wracking. Yeah. It drags on. You're watching it. There's bursts of uh, emotion. And, and with this team in particular, they're never fucking out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We give, we've given up on them so many times as know, a family, man. and they still prove me wrong. Over and over. I just like, I, my stupid ass went to uh, the grocery store yesterday. I was running up to get dinner. I was like, man, this game's been so slow. It's 3 nothing Toronto. I'll catch the last two innings. I'm just going to go and get back in half an hour, and I'll miss the seventh. Get in the car, go down, put some air in my tires, jump back in the car. It's 3-1, to one, and all of a sudden we're on a roll and just... I just said a high V parking lot for half an hour listening to the Royals score five runs off of a guy they couldn't hit all day and they got like six hits in the inning and I'm like, damn. And but they've been I, doing this for years yeah. straight now. And the Royals have been on this this rise. And I remember there was nights that uh, before the Royals were a playoff team, before the Royals were a World Series team, where I was watching them at night and they were pulling off these kinds of wins. They were doing this for a while now. And I would I would the next day I'd tell my wife, I'd say, There's something about this team, man. There 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 was something magical last night that I can't even explain, but it wasn't the Royals that I'm used to watching. And from you know, a couple of years back to now, it just happens on such a consistent basis that you can you just you're almost not even surprised anymore that they but yeah, even still now, I still doubt them. You know, this last game, you know, they were down in the seventh down. Like, ah, it's gonna be tough, man. You know, and fuck if they don't come back, and start beating your ass. On. I mean, it was amazing. Bautista was, was in shock. That drop ball. Oh, that just to start the whole thing. It was just, <laughs> it just like set it I got off. it. I got it, and <laughs> I don't got it, and it just so, fell, and it was like, wow, here it goes. And I don't. Uh, I was a huge fan of baseball as a child, as a kid. I came to Kansas City. Going to the K uh, for a while sucked, man. It was just, uh, it was torture. Not just because the team sucked, but because the stadium sucked. The sun would just beat down on you. There was no shade. There was nothing nice. No screen. Uh, then they did a $125 million renovation. Uh, Dayton Moore comes along. Starts, Dayton Moore is he's a, a fucking huge, genius. huge he's reason that we're doing so well. I mean, he came... From the Atlanta teams that were just killing it in the early 2000s. I mean, you saw Atlanta and you got sick of them. Just like the Cardinals, you just got sick. If you didn't weren't a fan of theirs, you got sick of seeing them in the playoffs every year. And Dayton Moore was a huge reason for that. Comes over here and just establishes a whole moral system where he basically said that any of the guys on the Royals that are playing right now, he would have home, have bring home to dinner with his wife and his daughter and and not worry about them being, you know, a bad person. And just, they were all good people that he could bring home. And he, he established a team that way. So yeah. Name a bad guy goals. on the Royals team. Yeah. You know, you can't, they're, they're fucking great. You know, all of them seem like really genuine, cool motherfuckers, man. Yeah. And they all work to, they all care about each other. I think that's what they all don't want to lay each other down. Yeah. Not just sports stars. Like, Oh, we didn't win. Or, and these guys all care about each other like brothers, and and I think they play harder and fight harder because of that. And I think it's a it's it's pretty awesome. It'll be interesting moving forward to see if because right now I'm telling you this is this is as close to a the, the team is stacked. We got some beasts 
in the lineup. You have beasts in the bullpen. You have beasts as starting pitchers. If this team isn't a World Series team, and it, it may very well not be, but I'm just saying on paper and the way things are panning out, it's very possible that we're going to see a World Series championship team in Kansas City, which you go back three years, four years, look like fucking impossible. And we're going to see that manifest itself, hopefully. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I'm just saying it's a possibility. It's a very big possibility. And will they be able to hold these guys together? That'll be an interesting question moving forward. Because, you know, we're a small market. We're not fucking New York. We're not L.A. We're not Boston. You know, we're not even St. Louis. You know, even St. Louis. uh, Can we hold together a team of this caliber? Obviously, we're going to lose talent. I would like us to see us keep Hosmer. I would like us to see us keep Mustakis. It might be asking too much, but you know, I would like to see these things. Traditionally, the the Royals have lost great players. You All know, the time it's on purpose. It's just like it's like Star they're market. grooming them to give them out to to the good teams. Yeah. So it's just it got oh. so sickening. And honestly, I didn't support the Royals for years there until they were starting to put a product on the field. I mean. I don't know. I'm not a bandwagon fan, but I just was tired of, you know, well, it's 30 years. Didn't care. I mean, <laughs> it's 30 fucking you know, years since I mean, they've been in this like position. They don't care about the fans until they started winning and they saw the fans get in the seats and they saw how much money they were generating in the playoffs and how much excitement was around Kansas City. And they finally clicked. Oh, well, maybe we should put some money on this team and continue to funnel money in and, and you know, put out a good product that people wouldn't, you know, go crazy about and we'll make more money. And it was a, it was a, the right move and uh the whole city i mean everybody everywhere you go is wearing royal shit it's awesome it's you know it you see stuff here and there in the past a couple people wearing stuff at grocery stores but now it's everywhere and everybody's you know just there's such a likable team a lot of that ha- i mean it has to do with the drought of it but kansas city has always had a great fan base i'll tell you what right now everybody's down on the chiefs chiefs are one in five but i guarantee you if the Chiefs started going on a roll and knocked out their next four games, the whole city would jump, you know, right back on. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean they're, this they're is a good fan base, you know. Laying down right now. We're just like, like I'm a diehard NFL and Chiefs fan. And uh, when the Chiefs do this stuff, I'm just like, man, you know, I mean, they got Jamal Charles is hurt and uh, they're going to lose some games. But, you know, there's always a future of the Chiefs. I mean, the football's, you know, I love football. So we had, you guys have. And I'm, I look at it a little bit as an outsider because I'm from New Mexico, but I've always been surprised at the dedication of this fan base. And I'm so happy that it's working out in the baseball arena for now. I think it's only a matter of time before it's going to work out in the football arena. This is It's more a football city than it is a baseball city. But I'll tell you what, man, the, the Royals have snatched that away to where we might, <laughs> at this point, we're probably more of a baseball city. But yeah, that could switch, possible. man. I think, again, it is fair weather fans. I mean, and I'm one. I mean, like I said, I, I love the Royals, but I can't support that product that was out there a few years ago and, and 100 lost seasons, and they didn't want to put anything better until they kept getting rid of everybody, and Granky was gone. And of course, yeah, Granky, money, that's so, so funny, right? We would have had, I mean, th- think of Granky and now where he's, he's at leaving. right now. And, he's and, the one to take an option this year from the Dodgers, so. He's going to be a free agent. He would have been on this team right now. Yeah, Fuck, there's some people. Jermaine Dyson, we lost, and I was pissed about that. He went to the A's. And uh, who's another one? Uh, what the? Kevin. Uh, no, Kevin. So many. 
there's yeah. there's there just a ton the of them. Who played in Boston for years? It was great. The outfielder. Um, yeah, we just lost everybody. They were superstars, and they came yeah. here and they played well, and they wanted so much money, and they were like, "No, we're not going to pay you." So we'll see you. And uh, it was like, "Okay, great. We have another hundred lost season coming up because you guys won't pay the people." But uh, I mean, I understand in a way it's business, but. And I think, and and, and Dayton's philosophy wasn't to pay dudes. His was to build them. Yes. And so that's the big story here is that he, you know, baseball talent isn't like football talent. And it's not like basketball talent in that, like, you're already a badass and you can tell in high school. Sometimes you look like a badass in high school in baseball and you turn out to be a total shit show. (laughs) And sometimes you're like this shit show and you turn into a total badass. And I patented those phrases, so if you <laughs> bitch pay me, I'm gonna write a book called "Shit Show to Badass." <laughs> nah, but uh, and you know we got a little bit. Hey, it's sports, man, and Kansas City's on fire right now with the Royals. So of course we're gonna touch on that a little bit. What do you got next on some on some beer news, buddy? Um, back to the beer stuff. Uh, Crane Brewing, very excited about Crane. You know, uh, they should be opening their doors here in about six weeks. Um, I know they're having the inaugural uh, party on December fifth, Saturday, December. Are you 5th. going to that? No, I oh. wish I was, but you know we had we had a, a big tasting <laughs> plan that night, that. and Crane crashed that party, so we had to move that. But uh, no biggie there. I'm real excited about Crane coming in. Um, much respect for Boulevard as a standard around here, and their new releases seem to be doing, you know, really good as well. But I'm really excited to get a new brewery like Crane in here. Um, I think KC lacks that special high-quality, low-output brewery that receives high praise and ratings and a lot of buzz throughout the United States. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people about that lately. Just We don't have that that great brewery. Like There's there's a few of them around the United States, like Side Project and La Cumbre is one. Pizza Ports in California. Uh, what about, do you think that uh, the one in Austin, do you think that uh, Jester uh, King? King? Are they in there or no? Um, they've gotten bigger. They have distribution problems and stuff, but anybody would jump on them anytime. And yeah, I mean, so uh, you wouldn't put them on a small. I mean, uh, on, I don't on know. that, you know, the scale wise, I think that Jester King is probably a little bit bigger. Uh, oh, okay. I think they've overcome that. They used to be there. They used to be that you know generating a lot of buzz type place. But so some of the ones you said, you said side project. Side project creates a lot of buzz out of St. Louis. I mean, they'll get bigger. Uh, Rare Barrel is another one that's kind of like a little bit more volume than Side Project, I believe, that's creating some good sours and putting out good buzz in the United States. And people are really, you know, trying to get a lot of their their product. And they are getting bigger. But there's still a lot of pl- Treehouse, and um, I believe it's in Massachusetts, um, create Creature Comforts. And down in Atlanta, uh, or at least in Georgia, and there's other half on the East Coast. Um, but I, I dig what you're saying there, man, because I, there is something very unique and different about how Crane has conducted their business because Crane has had enough of a buzz and had enough following that they could have done this two, three years ago, Yeah, but they did it the right way. They wanted to do it the right way. It looks to me anyways. I don't know. I'm not an insider. They're taking time. They know they got fans and support right yeah there. and but they don't want to just put out some bullshit yeah not that other people are doing that i'm just saying you know you got to give credit where credit's due and i'm from my perspective 
I really like the pace that Crane has unrolled their shit. You know what I mean? And the partnerships that they formed and the relationships that they formed and the product that they've thus far produced has an underground buzz to it. Yeah. it they've a uh, lot of coalitions with the brewers, the brewing community, which is huge. You know, a lot of times some people forgo that brewing community, just go right to the mass market, you know, to kind of. So it'll be really interesting, man. And I, I really like to see the development and the equipment that they're getting in. And I think you're right. I think that Crane could be that signature KC, you know, unique brewer that. In, and I'm not at all, like I said, uh, downplaying the efforts of other. But, you know, they could be something that uh, can garner nationwide recognition. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think some of the other, there are some good local breweries in Kansas City, obviously, Center Block and Big Rip. But I think that Crane's already going to leap out with a, uh, you know, above these people and, and generate a lot of that buzz and become pretty big pretty fast i mean the thing that's cool is there are gonna be a lot of special releases that we're gonna get only here just you know and, and i guess they're gonna open a ray town uh so they'll have a lot of special releases they're gonna be you know nice trade bait once people realize how good they are in the united states obviously you'd want to get one for yourself of everything they have because it's excellent beer but you know there's gonna be good stuff to trade i mean we don't have any of that Places that generate buzz like that, or that people yeah. What's the trade bait? It. What's the Kansas City trade bait? Uh, nothing now. I mean, Boulevards is pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Right? So, like, if you're trying to trade Boulevard, they make excellent beers. Don't get me wrong; it's fantastic. They may be a victim of their own success. In for us as traders and people trying to acquire beers from out of state, in that you know we consume most of the Boulevard that we buy. We're not trading those motherfuckers because if you're trying to trade it to California or Texas, they got it. You know and yeah. Or or where the fuck else? I'm not sure how California's distribution is on Boulevard, but I do know that you know places like uh, New York and DC. Uh, I be, you know I, I, they they get. I think well we trade with Drew and Drew says he gets Boulevard. He does. Okay, they're California, big. Boulevard's big as fuck. Man. Upper Midwest. Yeah, they've spread. Now they've got bigger. But I mean, really, Mother's puts out some good stuff like Milf. Mother's really is the shit, well. man. Yeah. Uh, Mothers generates a lot of buzz. They're down there. I mean, does Mothers generate? A, I mean, does uh, MILF generate a lot of buzz in yeah, the trade it, arena? Yeah, they're well known on. You see a lot of uh, people looking for it on beer advocate and forums. Um, I love it, by the way. I'm not dissing MILF at, I mean. at <laughs> Yeah, and then the MILF, the <laughs> name is. I mean, it's a great beer. Um, but side I project, uh, but that's St. Louis. So uh, yeah, I mean, but it's that's really not a lot of release only stuff. Even if it's though it's in St. Louis across the state, it's hard for us to get here unless we yeah. travel a lot and and pick it up. But uh, and we were talking Kansas City beer, so okay, what's up? I can't well, honestly can tell you anything else that's great sought after here. nationally that we have only here. Not much. Damn. There you go. I think Crane's gonna be. Big I mean, time. that's that's what Crane's gonna be, right? That's yeah. what you're talking about. Okay, and so again, not dissing anybody's shit, nothing, but we do believe and. And Josh is kind of foreseeing this situation where Crane beers may be that sought-after beer that Kansas City has, you know, that we have access to that nationwide isn't there. So I think that's a good prediction right there, man. Yeah, I think Crane's going to do well. I'm I, looking forward to it, and we're getting closer. I know 
eventually they were originally supposed to uh, be open I believe I want to say like June of this year and then it moved up to July and then it bumped to around September October now December but they are officially having a uh, release party December 5th so I they've already sold tickets for that and uh, they've got their their tanks going and, and their beer you know getting ready to be bottled and ready to go so that's and if you guys need some promotion and want (laughs) to hook up reuven to go and josh we would be happy to attend given that we just gave you props for the last 20 minutes (laughs) holla at your boys what the fuck we're we're free on december 5th now that we moved our uh special holiday we moved our fucking holiday beer tasting for ukraine yeah it was it was nice and we had about 12 people attending and some good beers coming, but uh, we heard you guys were December 5th as well, so we, we pushed it back. So, And I think the, the least you can do is take us to the back room and let us tap <laughs> your barrels. Let us tap that ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pulling nails. Pulling nails out. Come on, come on. Stuff. Nah, uh, what else you got, man? Um, so another thing is uh, KC Beer Trade. This is a uh, group that was spawned by Brent Miller a couple years ago. Um, I thought you started that. You didn't do that? Um, I joined up right at the beginning and uh, asked him to add me on as an admin so I could help set up the logo. I was doing some logo work at the time. So it's both. It's kind of a collaborative effort he between you two. came up with it right at the beginning, but I really wanted to help him you know, bust it loose and, and, and grow it. How's it been going, man? Good. Uh, it started out slow. We were just adding friends here and there because we didn't want a bunch of... You know, douchebags and stuff like that. Basically, <laughs> unfortunately, that's the trend. But uh, we did a big push a few months ago to increase numbers. It's creeping up on 200 members now, and it's doing good. I nice. Mean, we're talking. I mean, we we have a thing in there, a pin post, which says, you know, uh, some of the rules and stuff. Don't come in with too many abbreviations about, you know, in search of for trade and getting just all the weird acronyms that they have. Why like, don't you, uh, on the description, throw up some of the more common ones? Yeah, we we say not to use too many of the. Uh, you know, I mean, it's or does AAWBS that AWBS yeah. two pre, you know, all this stuff, and it's just like what the hell. And there's beers that come out. Um, yeah, I didn't even know what you just said. What was well, that? What's AWSBS two? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's all these, wheel like, drive a bullshit be like deuce. AWD a, a deal with the devil. Pre would be yeah yeah out, come know, on guys trade. so could be so fucking it's nice lazy. to have it broken down for people I mean there's there's newer traders out there and stuff and not everybody's got all the lingo down stuff but so basically that's one of the things not a lot of uh, we don't want extra whole lot of lingo on there we want to have new people that come in and, and beginning traders in there as well to enjoy I mean everybody starts somewhere so why not just jump in and be able to start by trading you know. You went to California last week and picked up some stuff, and you so had to trade twenty bucks worth of stuff for twenty bucks worth of stuff that somebody got somewhere else when they traveled. So, Josh, describe how a typical trade would take place on that website. Uh, basically, I mean, so like describe it like from the post to the purchase to where you pick it up, kind of typically that you've seen. Obviously, you don't want to post local for local. I mean, everybody well. I shouldn't say that. There's some beers that people don't get in Kansas City that everybody else does. Like, like if you wanted a MILF, yeah, yeah, that there might, might be, be hard. some people wanting some MILF. So, but let's say the best trades are the ones that people get while traveling. They might go out of town and, and pick up a bunch of stuff, and 
they know that other people do the same thing. So you've got 200 members. A lot of people are going to be traveling. So you're, basically it would be like you would take a picture and throw some beers up there and, and be like, you know, this is for trade, looking for uh, similar beers or, you know, looking for stouts or sours or whatever you're looking for. God, or that's cool, man. titles. It's great. I mean, you can have... So if you go to Chicago, you bring back a bunch of pipe work. Uh, you can say, hey, stuff. man, I want a bunch of shit from this dude who just came back from Austin with a bunch of Jester King. And then exactly. you get Jester King and pipe works. And at the same time, if you keep track of these people, you know who keeps posting. Hey, this guy, Bob, he keeps posting stuff about <laughs> Jester King left and right. He goes, he goes to Austin all the time. He's definitely got some Jester King. So you realize who in the group has this stuff, who's, nice. who's traveling, access... And if you just keep track of stuff like that, I mean, it's nice you can get, you know, locally you can just go and, and meet somebody at Quick Trip and hand off, you know, some good beers that you got in Michigan for some good beers they got in, you know, San Francisco or wherever. I mean, Has anyone jacked you? No, uh, and that's one thing we say, nobody's going to get ripped off. If you do, you get, you know, you're going to rip somebody off once and then you're going to be gone. But so far in doing this, I mean, and it's I was going on for a year. It happens, I mean, <laughs> but yeah. But, in-person trades aren't going to be rip-offs. I mean, because you're going to nah, get the person. Nah, yeah. That, you know, it's a small community, right? We're all here. <laughs> yeah, the worst they could do is uh, dump the contents out and reseal it. Oh, God, I've heard shit, of that. That's but, so weird, right? Yeah. What a kind of a fucking douchebag drinks a beer, <laughs> then fills it up with some rat piss or whatever the fuck they got, reseals it, and then puts it up for trade. Yeah, yeah, that's douche move, man. Yeah, we haven't had any problems yet, but we just say, you know, don't be a dick. I mean, there's there's times where you see somebody asking for over asking for stuff. They're gonna have something posted. Maybe uh, they grab some. Let's just say some milk, something that everybody knows. And then they're asking for brewery brewery release only, you know, stuff from <laughs> Three Floyds. It's like I have know, seen man. some of those. <laughs> yeah. So instead of you know being a dick, saying you know, dude, fuck off. You're not gonna get that. It's better to say, you know, that's a reach or, you know, you're looking for too much, man, or whatever. I mean, without being a dick about it, I mean, you got to know everybody's coming from a different place. Some people honestly don't know that uh, they've heard of, uh, let's say, Dark Lord, but they didn't realize that was kind of an event release only type thing. You're not going to find on the shelves. Uh, so they didn't know about it. But so I'm just saying it's, it's best just to not be a dick and put them down. I have say, a... Josh, I have a big rick in search of SR seventy one. <laughs> if you're interested, man. <laughs> I heard you you had the hookup yeah. on the SR seventy one. Uh, so best beer I've ever had in my life, man. Best <laughs> beer ever. And we I got lucky in that uh I had got some Fran Boy back in the day and uh actually got one I believe it was a one for one for a SR seventy one and best beer I've ever had in my life. It was the perfect beer. Um Describe that man. What oh, okay, you traded it for what now? A Framboy, which was a raspberry oh, okay. sour, um, which was a $40 bottle of beer. Well, this guy, he wanted something special for his uh, brother-in-law for his wedding gift. And he was in St. Louis. I threw up, hey, man, I'm Casey, brotherly love. Come on, man. Uh, I would really like to have that beer. I've never had it. Got so he had had the, the SR71 for trade? He did, yes. So, um, you know, you talk to the people and you get to kind of know them and stuff. And obviously, if you're just being a dick and be like hey man i'd like this beer and give me that that's not going to work how did he you. get it i i go through beer advocate a lot no but how did he that. get it um he actually went to the release okay of it uh, i think he ended up with two bottles had one himself and had one for trade 
I jumped on it early. I got the Frambu and uh, it came out just afterward. I jumped on the forum. I was looking for what was was out there. That was a, right now. It would be an impossible trade for Frambu. You'd have to pip a lot more than that. But back then, it it just happened, and uh, I was able to get a bottle. It was the best trade thing I've ever done. <laughs> it's like a legendary that trade that we all ask it, about. It so Josh, good. how the fuck did you score that, man? <laughs> it was it was one of those. Uh, you call them. There's whales and there's white whales, and I would say us are. 71 borders in between those you could say what, what, what uh give them a description was it is it pappy barrel aged what is that uh it was an assassin that was barrel aged for i believe an additional 12 months this is a toppling goliath out of iowa um they are from decora iowa which is near the border of minnesota and uh, Assassin is a well-known um, Imperial Stout from them. It might be a Russian Imperial Stout. Um, but the SR-71 is a version of Assassin that's barrel-aged for an additional 12 months. And um, I'm trying to look it up here. Description of it. It's also known as Blackbeard. So it's yeah, a, it's aged in Pappy Van Winkle barrels, bro. Pappy Van Winkle. So, uh, Are you a whiskey guy? Yeah, uh, well, I used to be. Okay. I try to stay from the brown stuff now because it just makes me angry like the Hulk and shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> got a 99 score on... Uh, I, I pulled up Beer Advocate real quick. Uh, it's the equivalent of Assassin, a barrel-aged Norseman's Wrath with more time in the barrels. And... Uh, Norseman's it Wrath. It was filled in 2014, aged in Peppy Van Winkle barrels. And most likely... Drawn from the exact same batch of base beer. Fuck, bro. It, it was so good. It was just like, I like bourbon to a point. I like bourbon barrel beers. Um, I don't like the bourbon to be too new or too young, just to be kind of overbearing on the front end. I like it to kind of blend in well. And this one just was so good. It was just so, <laughs> it had just so many great qualities to it and chocolate and cocoa. It was rich. The bourbon was was not too boozy or hot it was just perfect amounts it was just vanilla and dark fruits and creamy and it was just perfect it, it really was and the people i was able to share it with uh, all i believe thought it was the best beer they've had too and they've all you know dan he's had a ton of beers and joel's had a ton and they both uh, absolutely loved it and uh it, it was good it was it was a nice trade and one of those ones that i'm very appreciative to get i actually Sent the guy a message months later and just said, again, thanks for uh, the SR-71. That was an awesome bottle, man. I really appreciate getting well, that and really enjoyed it. Well, well, Pappy, Pappy uh, bourbon is aged a minimum of 15 years. Pappy's... So you're... It's hard to get. You're barrel aged. So the barrel that they aged the beer in that was a minimum of 15 years old. So the bourbon that... In, did I mean that it? Uh, uh, that's yeah, for reals. White whale. I mean, yeah, Pappy is rare. It's hard to find a true bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. You go for hundreds. Yeah, well, it's even more rare to find. I think a beer aged in a Pappy barrel. I I hadn't heard of too many. Is there? There might be more now. It might be become more common. Yeah, I had another one. I believe it was in Pappy. It was. Um, <clears throat> yeah, now you're just showing off, man. <laughs> Fuck off. No, it Josh. wasn't that good though. It was like. Uh, <laughs> it was. Yeah, so you're talking Toppling Goliath. Yes. Nationally renowned. 
Pappy Van Winkle Bourbon, nationally renowned, internationally and, renowned. And Assassin, the beer, the base beer for it was uh, hard the, as hell to get. The I beer mean. itself, the style itself, you have like a trifecta of the perfect storm for like, as you say, one of the best beers you ever had, or the well, best the beer best, you ever had. The best, and I've had, actually Son I was just bitch, logging man. some beers this morning, I was, I put them all in a basic database. See how many I've had, uh, because back in the day I had so many, and I was like, I don't remember if I've had this one and this one, and it's good to know what I've had so I don't drink the same ones over and over, or at least if I liked them or not. But I uh, just logged my 1700th one this morning. Fuck, so, man. And that's just as you've been keeping track. Well, yeah, and I try to go back as far as, I mean, I've been drinking crap beer since uh, over 10 years. Um, Shit, man. Yeah, I'd say about seven years ago, I you know the game stepped up a lot. Is that when you started keeping track? I started keeping track. No, probably about six years ago, and I had to go back and remember there were so many that I'd, I I had. I know I had them. I gave them a average rating at the time until I rehad them again, just to know that I, hey, I've had this beer. I remember this one. <laughs> so there was a couple hundred of those, but since then, man, it's just been tracking, and and that counts as a as a a beer on draft versus a bottle. Um, I try not to have like I, every year I don't like take a 13 assassin or not assassin, but a 13 abyss versus a 14. I just do it once. Normally I do update my ratings and they're more for myself. I mean, my rating system is one through a hundred and, um, it's, I think everything above an eight, I say a hundred, it's a 10 system with points in it. So 8.5, 8.6, etc. I think everything above 8.7 I consider excellent. And in the 90s and the 9s and 9.5s and up are the, the best of the best. And that's why you're the fucking beer ninja, bro. <laughs> hey, real quick. Three beers that you could get in the local market that are go-tos for you that motherfuckers shouldn't, shouldn't uh, sleep on. Um, You know, well, a go-to beer... For me, is uh, Hop Stupid by Lagunitas is the best Bam! beer under five bucks that you can get. Fucking anywhere. beautiful beer. It is. It's excellent. It's a. It's an absolutely great beer, especially for the price too. I mean, I would pay gladly ten bucks yeah. for it. But it almost suffers from being so cheaply priced, huh? Because people probably think it's shit beer. It's like amazing. Well, the label's shit too. It's. Yeah, like... I know. It's got this shack on it. What the fuck, <laughs> I don't man? get it. Step up your game, Lagunitas. It's horrible, but it no, sells and good. it does well, and it's a great beer. Um, so I would definitely say that one. Abyss when it comes around, Abyss comes around in the uh, winter time around nice. November. It's another one that you can grab. You can readily find fairly month. easily. Yeah, it, it's around for about a month or two on the shelves. It's it's an awesome beer. It's about fifteen sixteen bucks. God, monster beer too, man. Uh, speaking of monster, Monstro was the other one I had. Pappy Van Winkle. That wasn't very good. Uh, Monstro? Monstro. It was the Pinocchio, the giant whale was Monstro. Oh, Monstro. Yeah, and it's for, it was from uh, North Carolina Brewery. I can't remember the name, but um, it was Pappy Wicked Van. Wicked Weed? It wasn't that great. I'm just uh, no, it was, <laughs> it was one of those. North Carolina's got a lot of good ones. but um, That wasn't yeah, one so, of them. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think so, and it was, it was heavily coveted, and people talked a lot, but it didn't get very high ratings once it came out and started getting review but they had bragged that it's gonna be in pappy barrels and it wasn't that great um but as far as other local ones you could pick up that are that are awesome um 
I, you know, honestly, Boulevard Imperial Stout is amazing. I fucking love the it base go, Imperial yeah, Stout. It can go neck and neck with... I think it's better than all the variants they've came out with. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's excellent. It really is. It's an excellent beer. Especially, I, I uh, had a 2014 about two weeks ago, and it was amazing. I had 2015 a week ago, and it was just blew it away. Uh, so I definitely would recommend aging one of those for a, a year. Um, it, it was just so much better. Um but I would say, yeah, Imperial Stout by Boulevard is a uh, excellent beer. It comes and goes pretty quick. Um, but uh, I would say, oh, those, those are solid. Yeah. About, no, what do you think of the there, calling? The calling, the calling was good. It was a lot better. I or collaboration, I fi- collaboration five or the calling. Which you, would you do? I would say the calling just because I'm more of an IPA fan. I like pale ales and it, I like the tropical flavors in the uh, number five, but. I'm always up for IPAs, and, and the more hoppy, the better. So uh, the calling was good. Heavy heavy lifting wasn't quite as good as the calling, but uh, yeah, the calling was solid for sure. Um, but I'm not a Boulevard fanboy. Uh, I like Boulevard. I, I'm glad Boulevard's here in town, but you'll find that I'm one of the ones. I'm not always praising everything from Boulevard. I think they are they can be hit and miss. They've got some great stuff. I'm, and again, I'm, I'm proud to have them here in Kansas City, but... Um, I'm not always all about all their beers, so... Keeping it real, man. <laughs> and with that, uh, we just turned into a funky pumpkin, man. Hey, Josh, what up, dog? I appreciate you being here, brother. Yeah, man, I really appreciate coming in, man, anytime. And with that, we'll say goodbye, Corey. Bye, Corey. <laughs>